0: Yo, yo, this is Justin Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews.
1: A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast.
2: Hey, beautiful human. Thanks for clicking on our conversation with 24K Golden. This human being is beyond fascinating. We're going to talk about pretty much everything, including his new album that's on the way. We're ready. Hey, hey. I think he's here, Daniel.
1: Let's do this.
2: 24K Golden this year. Yo. Yo. Um, you really are uh, a son of San Francisco. You are a man of California. Is that in, represented in your name? Is that where Golden comes from? Or is it actually gold, like a brick of gold? My,
0: well, my parents, they named me Golden because uh, of the, the Golden Dragon in like the Chinese Zodiac calendar. Every 60 years, it's a Golden Dragon. Oh. And my dad... You know, San Francisco got a lot of uh, Asian culture there. Yeah. My dad had a lot of Asian coworkers, and they were telling him, like, yo, that's very lucky. Like, you're having a golden dragon baby. That's really lucky. And he was like, maybe I should name him Golden. And he told my mom, and at first she was like, nah, don't name him Golden. Kids are going to make fun of him. Call him Goldilocks, whatever. <laughs> um, but he was driving by the beach after, and um, he looked out over the water, and it was a beautiful golden sunset. And he turned on the radio, and the song The Golden Time of Day came on. So he was like, all right, this is a sign. Like, we got to name him Golden.
2: By the way, not just one sign, numerous signs. And by the way, you've had quite the path in existence. Quite lucky. Would you say, I mean, would you attribute it to luck or would you attribute what you have going on right now to genuine talent? Or is it a combination of both?
0: I I think it's a combination of both. Like, I could never take credit for everything that's happened in my life. You know, it's like there's so many people out there and just kind of random occurrences – but at the same time, a part of you wants to say, like, nothing is random. Like, I feel like like, it's already it's already written, you know, and I'm just living it day by day and trying to manifest the next pages of the book, you know?
2: I totally understand that. And, and what you're doing now in music, dude, did it start going back to the first song you ever uh, put out there, Bitch, I Go to USC? Did, did it start – it wasn't the first song, but that was the first one to blow up, right? Hmm. Nah, I didn't, Valentino, uh, I don't know, I don't know, it was, I don't even know if that blew up, you tell me. Well, I'm trying to understand the genre that you've created here and its path from the beginning. Like, if you go to Spotify, Ball and Lake Sharif is like the only one you really could get, and that leans a little bit more hip-hop, but yeah. as it progresses, you get into this punk alternative space that is... I mean, to me, like, just hits so right, dude. So I'm just trying to figure out the sound and even how we get here. It's pretty wild because it's very unique. I would say growing up, like, I definitely had a, a
0: lot of wide influences. Like, my parents put me on the Michael Jackson from a young age, like Miles Davis, Outkast, you know, Lauryn Hill, stuff like that. So, So before I even could pick what I was listening to, like, they were feeding my brain good stuff. But when I got older in like middle school and I got my little Metro PCS phone, I'm slapping Chief Keef, Future, <laughs> like, and Bruno Mars. That was like the one pop star that I really liked. And uh, and um, I was like, but I was a strict like hip hop head. Like I thought everything else was like whack until I, I got to senior year of high school. Um, and, and I just kind of, my mind opened a little bit, you know, I, I had friends that started putting me on to different kinds of music. And I was a little hesitant at first, but once I met um, Omer Fetty, who produced Mood and City of Angels and a lot of those songs that, that have that more punk, pop, rock alternative uh, leaning sound that you're talking about. He put me on to, to so much stuff and, and made me feel comfortable enough to try new things to, to where I found what I think is now my sound
2: how do you find this man who introduces you to another side of music? Like, is that fair to say like you were creating records in one lane and you, maybe you're not fully in the other lane, but you've taken like at least half a step into it, which has been yeah. the right blend. So uh, how'd you find him? how do he enter your zone? We we met at a party randomly, like
0: not even like, yo, that's my boy. Like w- we had a great night. Like I love you forever. It was like very casual introduction. Like, yo, what's up? You play guitar. Cool. Oh, you rap? Cool. Uh, and and we kind of just did our own thing the rest of the night, but we set up a session uh, like probably a week later and we made a, a crazy song that first time. And from there, it was just kind of like when you have a good session, you got to keep working with that person because good sessions are hard to find.
2: So would you have considered yourself a rapper before that meeting or before that session?
0: Yeah, I think before I considered myself more a rapper and now I just feel like I'm an artist, you know?
1: totally. Well, I have a question. What do you think when you look back and uh, listen to Trapper's Anthem?
0: Man, I'm like, that That just feels like uh, such a, a different time, you know, like that, that music, music is always reflective of what you're taking in, right? And at the time, that was my environment. That was what I was listening to. That was the kind of, kind of things that was on my mind. And now it's like, I, I don't gotta think about none of that. I'm living in Los Angeles, California, like I feel free to make music that is more relatable and speaks on some of the bigger things in life. Now
2: you wanted to be like a hedge fund manager, right? Like you saying growing (laughs) up, but you had a whole path that was not this planned out for yourself. This, I think I always
0: liked music, but as kids, it's kind of, even, even with my parents that are super, um, you know, super supportive and like do whatever you want. Society kind of tells you like, yeah, you shouldn't be this or that or that because these people make no money and you're probably going to fail. So it's kind of hard to to come out the gate saying, I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist. And I think there was a part of me that didn't even realize I wanted to be an artist until uh, I started doing it, you know, and, and it felt so right.
2: What what was it? Like, how'd you even know to begin? Like, what was, like, was it something inside of you? Is it somebody who pushes you? Freshman year of high school, I was just,
0: you know, getting lit and freestyling with my friends. Like, in the car on on random youtube beats and every time we'd hang out like like i i'd, I'd want to do that because that was the only people that that i do that of type of thing with and and it soon became from a group freestyle to all right let's watch golden freestyle for 10 minutes and see what happens and i was just kind of i i i, I was really good at it off the rip and um And that led me to to going to Paperboy, who's my mentor, my big bro that we met through sneakers. But he made music too. And he had a sneaker shop a couple blocks away from my house. So I went to the studio above that. And I came to him. I was like, yo, I want to make music. And he said, all right, cool. So I dropped my first song on SoundCloud after recording it there. Text everybody at school. And when I come back the next day, everyone's like, yo, that song is sick. That song is sick. Looking back now, I'm like, that song was ass. But but just to to kind of to to get that um, really validation for me doing what I love made me want to do it more. You know, it's like oh, I think I'm doing the right thing because I like this and other people like it. Like yeah, the world's kind of aligned. Let's keep it going and see what happens.
2: So obviously, the Bay Area has quite the music scene. It's produced uh, icons, legends in in multiple genres, but in specific hip hop, right? so yeah. This sneaker shop that you go to, the studio is in the bay it's in san francisco
0: it's yeah it's called dream team sf it was like literally a couple blocks from my house and 13 is my lucky number right i went on my 13th birthday and i was like thinking like yo it's my 13th birthday some crazy is is gonna happen but nothing crazy happened immediately except i went to the sneaker store i met this guy and i bought some shirts right but that me going to the sneaker store on my 13th birthday was the the start to a relationship that that you know put me in the position of where I am now.
2: Wow. It's pretty wild. It is like there are these universe like cosmic whatever things that, that have followed you. I think I
0: think the universe talks to everybody. It's just how willing are you to listen. And yeah. I trust myself, I, I I listen to things that seem like a little too too coincidental to be coincidental.
2: Beautiful human, I'm just hitting pause real quick to talk about trains. Uh, I get it. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Don't do that. Ever. Okay? To the naked eye, trains often appear further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly, okay? Even if the engineer hits that emergency brake right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile. By that time, it's too late, and the results are potentially deadly. A potentially deadly crash can happen if you don't understand that the train signals at a railway crossing are there for a reason. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in a disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing.
1: Stop. Trains can't. Zach Sang Show. But while you're making music, did you not think it was possible to be successful in music? Like, why'd you decide to go to college then? Um, I wasn't even
0: thinking about, like, yo, let me be, uh, like, let me do this as a, as a career. At first, it was just fun because I like making music. But the more I did it, the more it was like, I don't really want to do anything else. Um, but, but I still had those expectations from, you know, society of, I need to be successful. I need to make money. And the the most successful, traditionally successful person that I had known growing up was a, a good family friend of, of mine who, um, like, his de- there, there was these twins um, that I'm friends with, and their dad is a, is a hedge fund manager. And I'm like, yo. They got a sick ass house. I want a sick ass (laughs) house when I, when I grow up and raise my kids too, you know? And I was always, I've been training stock since I was in fifth grade. I've always had an entrepreneurial hustler mindset. So I thought, look, I'm getting a full scholarship to college. Uh, I get to go to LA, the best city to do music. I get to eat for free. I get to live here for free and I might learn something useful in the meantime. Let's, let's try it out. And going in, I knew that I was going to leave school but I didn't think it was going to be as fast. You know, a lot of the things that have happened in the past two years are things that I thought would have happened stretched over five years, but
2: life hits you fast when it hits you. Dude, when it rains, it pours. But as you're living it, do you, do you try to figure out a reason as to why it's going so fast? Why your five year has turned into your, I don't know, two year. I don't, I don't
0: question, I don't question those things. It's like, Um, I think it's just because I'm ready for it, you know, like like from from the smallest level to the biggest level, you know, like things like waking up in the morning and and going to meetings on time, coming here on time, like all these things add up and and eventually you get that reward. And I've done so much. I put in so much work every single day that like it's, it's just the rewards are coming because of that
2: but it's going to keep going because you're two yeah. year turned into your five year and you're so young. All you're doing is looking at a long road ahead of you.
0: I, it's just like, if, if, if I think about it too much, you know, it's oh, like yeah. I'm only 19. Like I could do this for 10 more years and I won't even be 30 yet. Like what the do I do with all that time? It's just going
1: to stress me out. Don't so even I
2: just try. live in the present and it'll fly. Yeah. Just keep committed and focused on working and be consistent always. And then you exactly,
1: here. exactly. Dude. I would say, do you remember the moment you decided college, like, wasn't for you? You were dropping out? Because I dropped out of college and I remember the day I walked out of school and I was like, I'm not going back. That's, this is my last day.
0: Oh, I, I, I 100% remember that. It was, it felt, it felt like a movie, right? Like, so I go, uh, it's midterms, right? I go into my business class and it was super easy for me because it's basically like putting words to concepts and and ideas that I already knew. I just had to memorize the words that went with those. So I come in, it's midterms, everyone's stressing out. I get the test, I'm like, that's it. I finish in 20 minutes. I found out later I got like a B minus or something like that. But I walk out the class and everyone's looking at me crazy like, what's up with this kid, you know? And I'm just done with it. Like, so uh, in between that class and my next class, I go to my boy's dorm room and we're just chilling there. And I'm like, this is after I signed my deal. Um, And I'm like, I don't even know why, why I'm here anymore. Like, I got music I'm trying to make, you know? And uh, they're like, "Yeah, we don't know why you're here either." <laughs> so I go to my next class, and, and the type of person I am, like, I really like to engage in class. So I'm gonna be answering the questions. I'm gonna be asking questions. And uh, the teacher, she was, she was used to using me as a crutch because nobody else wanted to talk in the class except me. So this day, I just wasn't having it. Like, I was not feeling it. Um, and uh, she, she keeps asking me questions and I'm just trying to be on my laptop on Grailed shopping, you know, not really. I'm trying to figure out how to how to spend this advance money I just got. And uh, she she's like, Golden, get off your laptop, get off your laptop. I'm like, all right, I've had enough of this. So in a free like in a in a in a little lull in the in the conversation, I pack up my things and I, and I go to the front of the class and I talk to her, I'm like, yo, there's an emergency. I gotta go. And I know we got a presentation next week, but by the way, I will not be here. And I never went to any class again. And <laughs> I I made it official uh like a couple of weeks later.
2: Wow. I I mean, was any part of it hard? Or no? Drop
0: like you- making that decision? Yeah. No, nah. It it was it was the it was at the right time. And I think that why that's why it was so easy. It wasn't like, mom, dad, I got a thousand plays on SoundCloud. I'm dropping out to be a rapper, peace. You know, it's like, look, I got this contract lined up, I already got a place to stay. I I I'm making great music, you know, why not? And and it's something I love doing. And I was willing to bet on myself and, and, and take
1: that chance.
2: It's the right thing to do.
1: So yeah. the day, the, ne- the next day, do you wake up with a whole new mindset? It's like, don't even think about school. Don't even think about that part of your life. Just go straight to the studio.
0: Um, well to, to, to kind of complete the finesse, I had to stay in one class for the whole, um, rest of that semester. So, Except for one day a week, I was pretty much in the studio the whole time. And then because of that one class, I got to go take a trip to Japan after two. So it was kinda of like a win-win situation. Oh. And, and I shot I actually USC paid for me to go to Japan and I shot the music video for Lot to Lose out there on on with that with that travel money.
2: Wow. I, okay. So I wanna understand how records start for you and how the process has changed. Like, do you Valentino mood, were they created around the same time? Nah, Valentino I made when
0: I was 17 years old, like on my family desktop computer with a piece of paper, like just writing down the lyrics to that. And, um, that was before when I had to pay for studio session by the hour every time. So I'm like, yo, is this $35 an hour? I'm not gonna spend, you know, Uh, $150 trying to figure out what I'm going to say. I got to figure out what I'm going to say before I go in the studio so then I can not waste my money. And now, you know, now I have the, the, the Liberty to pretty much use the studio whenever I want, but I still find that the concept of figuring out what you want to say has to happen outside the studio. Like my best songs, mood, Valentino, city of angels, they've all started outside of the studio. Just kind of being struck by inspiration. Like, my voice memos is full of just random that i'm saying random melodies random lyrics but that's the best stuff cuz it's there's no pressure you're not in the studio like i got 6 hours to make a number 1 song in the <laughs> world i'm just out living life and i get struck by inspiration and i got to channel that into the music
2: so do you go days where you just live and then like maybe once a month or once every two weeks you you go to the studio after you acquire a decent um, amount of voice memos
0: normally normally i'm in the studio more more often than than that just because i think it's good to keep in practice now i'm just like yo i got the number one song in the world i got (laughs) damn near my whole album done i can chill for a little bit
2: well so i want to know okay so a feature process for you is different than your own song process correct
0: um like when i write a feature on someone else's song
2: yeah like like you maybe that doesn't come from a voice memo
0: oh yeah that one well that that's that's actually easier for me to to figure out in the studio because it's like I already have a a wealth of content to be inspired by somebody else is telling their story and, and putting their emotions in it. And I'm just building upon that story. And as a songwriter, that's what I do. You know, I I can build upon other people's stories and help them tell their story. So when it comes to telling my own story that that's intertangled in the other artists, that's, that's really easy for me.
2: Totally. But but the other stuff is made from your life, you know? So as you experience and live, you keep note of you, you soak in.
1: Yeah. I'm just a sponge taking it all in. Did you know there was something special about "Mood" when you were recording
0: it? (laughs) To be honest, I did not think this song was going to get to the levels it was. Like I knew this was a banger of a song. I knew we had so much fun making it. It was there was no pressure. Like we literally weren't even trying to make music. This song came together accidentally when me and Ian were playing Call of Duty at his house, and Omer and KBZ were around making beats in the back, and I just started singing uh, the chorus. And because the studio was right there, but it wasn't really like a studio environment. It, it just felt so easy, you know, and, and I was able to to kind of capture that lightning in a bottle and put it straight on onto onto wax. Um, but mood, I knew it was going to be big. I didn't know it was going to be this big.
2: Does mood change the way you listen to your own music? I was
0: just in the studio last night and uh, we were working on something and I was like, yo, it's like it doesn't. It, it it makes me uh a, a little bit more like the expectations are so much higher now. Not even I don't care what everyone else says, like, oh, you went number one and now your next song is gonna number number one. Not every song has to be a number one for it to still be impactful. I'm I'm going for impact, not not accolades. But but it's definitely that thought, like if I did it once, I should be able to do it again, right? And and the, now it's like, I, I don't I don't know what songs are going to go because I didn't even think this song was going to go the way the way it is. But, you know, I'm I'm learning to trust myself more. And that's something I realized too like talking to my big bro paper. He's in town. He was like, bro, you you, you don't got nothing to prove. You already won your championship ring. Now just keep performing well, collect mm-hmm. these endorsement checks and and remember why you're doing this. To, because you love it and to make impact, not to get the most number ones in the world.
2: Amen. And I think consistency in the people you choose to work with allows you a sense of comfort and understanding so you can evolve judgment-free. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Like,
2: like to have the same people around, you get to do stuff. And I don't know. It's You're you're, you're 100% right. Like a lot of the songs
0: that – a lot of my best songs – even with the same beat, right? If someone gave me the same beat, I wouldn't have been able to make this song because it's it's the people that you work with that influence your energy and it gets channeled into it, you know? If I don't feel comfortable saying a certain line in front of you, but that's the line that everyone's gonna remember. You'll
2: never know, dude. Exactly, yeah. You'll never, you never know. know. Like, music, that's... Music
0: yeah. is one of the only things where you don't know you're winning
2: until you won. <laughs> yeah, and even sometimes afterwards, you know?
1: It's like weird, it's like... Crazy. Well, do you feel like you have the perfect follow up, or is this go? Does going number one kind of switch up the plans? Oh no, nah, no. Nah. I,
0: I, we had the plan for, re- for what's gonna happen after this, like two months ago. Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely. That's a big part of why I don't feel a lot of pressure, cause I already worked ahead of time, so that all right, the album's pretty much done. I got two follow up singles to this one that are, are just as good, if not better. You know, so oh. I got some time to chill, but it's like. Is that anxiety in the future? You know, is always lingering.
2: Do you learn from other artists who have done this? You've talked about Nas before, Lil Nas. Yeah. And, and uh, do you learn from that?
0: I'm. I try to learn from everybody—artist, executive, producer, like w- whatever. Like I'm. I know that that for me, my life is and the impact that I hope to have on the world is is going to be a lot bigger than music. So for music, yeah, I'm, I'm watching other artists and 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 trying to figure it out. But it's like, there's a lot that you can learn about music from watching like social activists and stuff like that. Like it's all about trying to spread a message at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, and also understanding what people are facing and understanding, it's your reality, but it's a shared reality.
1: Well, you have a song called Valentino. I know way back in the day you had a song like Gucci Goyard and, Go- and Gosha or whatever. Were you actually like making money to buy those items and products at the day? Or were you just kind of faking it until you made it?
0: No, nah, I mean- I, I didn't own Valentino um, until the song dropped because these girl, this girl stole me a pair of eighteen hundred dollar Valentino sweatpants. Uh, and that was the first Valentino I got. But but Gucci Goyard Gasha, I think I had like some Gucci belt that I had scammed for and like like some used Gasha I got off off grail or something like that. But uh, a lot of these a lot of the music I make is either like aspirational, like me trying to to set out what I want in the future for me or me either expressing a concept of emotion that I felt before a concept that I felt before and I feel like now it's more of the the latter before it was more like aspirational music like this is what I'm trying to go for and because that's what all the rappers that I was listening to were were rapping about you know and now I'm learning how to blend fashion that's like I I don't really even like uh, a lot of a lot of designers anymore now I'm more about like style but but trying to tell more of my story than a story.
2: I love the pearls. They're beautiful. Man, pearls, all 2020. Yeah, dude, they are a big trend of 2020. A lot of people, a lot of men rocking the pearls. You know, we, men, men can be classy too, you know? <laughs> if it's about time, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'm a bad <laughs> too, okay? <laughs> uh, just wondering, how much does it cost for a feature from uh, 24K Golden these days? 100000 yeah. <laughs> Plus some back end, yeah?
0: You or- know, a little video fee maybe. <laughs>
2: wow. I mean, th- there's pride in that, yeah? Because like, did you ever really think you'd be able to say that? Uh, I, I, the reason why I say that the way I say it is because I have
0: pictures on my Instagram story, screenshots on my Instagram story from not even three years ago where I was selling features for $100 and 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 nobody was... Like maybe like three or four people bought it. Like no one was with me. And, and for me to, to have gone, you know, spending my own money, you know, to perform at shows, opening up for people to buy studio time, to pay for cover art and videos all before this. And now to be actually be able to make money off doing something I love. Hell yeah. I'm proud of that because a lot, not a lot of people can say that they make money doing what they love.
2: Yeah. Are you more, are you picky at all with who you choose to give your voice to and your talent?
0: Yeah, uh, I I'm definitely being more picky moving forward now too because before it was like, yo, I'm I, I need some money, yo. Like it it was not
2: I, I needed money, yo. You, you, you were know, selling for a hundred like- bucks. I should have gotten a feature from you. I don't yeah, right. Wrong, but-, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but but now it's like, okay, this is more than just a thing I do for money. This is me co-signing whatever this is, and and whether it's sonically or or brand wise or whatever. You're so now right? it's basically just like if if I don't f- the song, I don't want to do it
2: because it's, y- y- you're a part of it forever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's but, like, when I look back. I don't want to look back and be like, ah, cringe. I want to look back and be like, damn, that was dope.
1: In life. Like most things, like nothing will last forever. You don't know how long all the successful last success will last. Do you ever want to like take an offer? Cause you know how much money is available to you now. You can just be like, cause you seem like you're really smart with money. You could be taking in all this money now, invest it and be set for life.
0: Well, I think it's a, I think it's a balance, you know, um, you, if I, if I could, I could go find 10 people to give me a hundred thousand um, dollars in in the next year or whatever. And boom, now that's a million dollars, but I, I, I don't do it for the money. Really. It's like, I'm comfortable right now. And that's what matters to me. But it's It's about the impact it's about i want I want to make music that's going to impact people and if it's not something I'm truly passionate about, I'm not gonna do the best job that I can and if I'm not giving my best, it's not gonna impact the way I want it to
2: There is always the fear right you have the number one you have other records that have streamed really well, but different things constitute a hit right like it's it's yeah. defined by different things. Do you feel like you surpassed the one hit wonder? realm of like like area of fear where yeah could be where you end up i i did that a long time ago now now it's like now it's
0: like 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 the the bigger you get the harder you fall you know so it's like yes. it, it's it's less so a fear of not getting there in the first place but losing what i've worked so hard to attain but does that even, you even then i mean it, it's it, it can scare me if i if i let it you know if i just sit there and think about it all day but no, not really. You know, it's like I'm. I'm very conscious in my in my actions and my words and my decisions, and I don't want to do anything that's gonna everything I've been working for. So, as long as I'm keeping that in mind, I don't really have anything
2: to worry about. What's your What's your goal here, genre wise and music wise? Do you have goals? Uh, do you have expectations? I so, uh, I don't like to set like strict expectations.
0: Like I need to have this many number ones by this amount of time. I need to have uh uh this many plays in this year this much amount of money at the end of the day it all goes back to the effect like if, if if i could change the the way that people view music right and view genre and say like yo we don't need to to box things in and label them anymore and and try and define art for artists let's just let artists create and and democratically select what we like and and push that to the top if and no one else has ever had the the number one song on the rap charts and the alternative charts and the rock charts at the same time. Yeah, so I know I know I'm already going and and I'm and I'm doing that and that's just like I just got to keep doing that and you know inspire people to love more and and listen to good music.
2: Do you believe in a genreist music world?
0: Yeah, I think it's just like it should be like a. Like, like music before was more like TV, right? Where it's like, here's the, the sports channel. You like sports, this is sports. And here's the music channel. Here's music, here's the comedy channel. Now I feel like it's becoming more like YouTube where, where people buy into specific creators and if they like what that creator is doing, it doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's a prank, if it's music, they just fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I just want people to with me for doing with what I love and be able to live comfortably off that.
2: For many moons, Daniel, I've been preaching genreless music world and uh, it's good to hear.
1: What, what is it like getting a number one? Like, where did you find out? How'd you find out? How'd you celebrate? Um, so, it's, it's like we had the number one song in the world technically because of
0: Sp- on, on Spotify for like the whole month already. So mm-hmm. that was like a, a celebration within itself. And and when we found out with the with the number one on Billboard, that was that was even crazier because it's like, not I don't know it's different having the world with you versus America because I'm not out in Japan right now or Europe or the UK like I don't really get to see the effect of that but but going number one on Billboard my uh, my head of my label Barry called me at eight forty six of the morning and he knows I don't wake up until like ten a.m. so I'm like ah, if he's calling me this early, it's probably really good news or really bad news. So I pick up and I'm like, what's up, Barry? And he's like, this is your wake up call. We just went number one. It's not locked in yet, but or it's not like public yet, but we got it locked in. So that's what's up. And I'm like, all right. And then I go back to bed for like another hour and I wake up and I see the billboard tweet notification. I'm like, Oh, that wasn't a dream. Like, this is real life. So I wake up, um, all my roommates, and I live with KBZ and Omer, two of the people that produced Mood. And we're all just running around the house. I'm jumping in the swimming pool. Like, it it is probably one of the most exciting mornings I had this
1: week. <laughs> wow.
2: Wow. In
1: swimming pool, didn't MGK tweet about – didn't he apologize to you for something? Then he throw something in your pool? Yeah, he threw our basketball
0: hoop in the swimming pool. But, you know, he that was when he had the number one. Now I know what it feels
2: like, you know? So you should go to his house and you should deface his property. That's a great idea. I'm going to call him up right after this. No, no, no. Don't call him. Just go. Just go. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you going to give somebody a warning? Hey, man, I'm going to come in like about an hour. I'm going I'm to fuck with your house. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but but in an hour, keep an eye out. Just watch out. Watch out, Kels. I'm coming for your house. You don't know when and where, but it's coming. Oh, you know where, but you don't know when.
1: Um, Actually, that just reminded me, speaking of him, didn't you? You were part of that uh, What I Got cover with uh, Youngblood and MGK, right? And Travis Yeah. Walter? Dude, that yeah, that was so
2: slime joint. how
0: did
1: you get involved with that.
0: Um, well, I met um Kels and Dom uh Youngblood through Omer, um, one of the producers on Move, one of my really good friends. And we just all kind of hit it off. Like, Dom is a very like upbeat, positive person, doesn't give a f- about what anyone thinks about him. <laughs> Kells is the same way, I'm the same way. And since we're all making music in that in that new alternative rock space, even though I'm a rapper. I still appreciate that kind of music and, and uh, they
2: just asked me to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Do you think, why do you think alternative has the ability to beyond the ability to come back? It is coming back. Why do you, do you, do you know why now? I think because alternative music now is different than um,
0: anything else before alternative has been widened up to kind of accept alternative has been the first genre to officially be like, yo, we're here for all this new music that nobody really knows what it is, but people like it. We're going to take all that. So Mood is, is technically alternative, but so is a song like Deathbed um, yeah. by, by Pau Fu. And Mood and, and Deathbed are two very different songs. But because alternative is being so open, it's it's drawing in a lot of people to to come and rep what they like under the banner of alternative.
2: Do you you mentioned the term democratic in terms of music and music discovery? Do you believe that that's true in twenty twenty yeah. more than it's been before? Maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the past, it's like how do you find your music? Blogs, MTV videos, radio. You know, it's yeah. it's all somebody else saying. This is what we like. You should like this too. Right. Now we got Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok is a huge one too. And it's basically like whatever the people like, the people like, and the algorithm is gonna just push what the most people enjoy. Um and and now it's 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 the people choosing um what they like and
2: rather than a tastemaker. It's big, it's big deal. The people speak. The people speak, and now everybody else just responds and listens. Yeah, twenty-four K Golden. We've covered a lot here, my friend. I really, I really appreciate you, uh, Golden. I love your name, man, and it's so everything, so connected in your life. Uh, thanks for giving us time. Our, obviously, an album, a debut one. Will you do that?
0: Yeah, nah, I'm retiring now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, <I'm> just playing, <laughs> but but definitely, uh, I. That's a crazy thing. Like, all this has happened, and I haven't even dropped my first album. So... you have two singles ready to go. But I got two singles ready to go. Um, El Dorado is the name of the album. Ooh. It'll be dropping early 2021, and it's honestly some of the best... It's the best music I've made in my life. So, if you thought I was good before, you really think I'm
2: good now. Well, please come back on and hang out with us for El Dorado. I'd love to dissect it and understand even what that name means right out the gate. Like, what?
0: Man, well... All right, I'll give you I'll give you a little little teaser. So, El Dorado in uh, in Spanish means the golden one or the golden city. And my mom she had a lot of flu- fluent Spanish speaking coworkers. She's fluent in Spanish, and they would always call me El Dorado, El Dorado, the golden one. So that became kind of a, a nickname for me. And referencing the golden city, I'm from San Francisco. We got the Golden Gate Bridge. We got the Golden State Warriors. But it's also this uh, Latin American uh, mythology about this lost city of gold with a, a golden emperor, and thousands of people you know, from all across the world came trying to find where that city was, and no one ever found it. So I'm creating a, a sonic world and a visual world for fans to escape in to, to tell my story, tell the story of, of where I'm from, and, and also you know, bring in this greater mythological component. Amazing. 24k
2: golden dude it's it's from the day you were born it, this whole path has been uh, essentially drawn out it's pretty cool yeah i i it's, it's it's weird to me bro like i
0: feel like i'm living in like a movie or like a prophecy or something but i'm having fun yo so dude, that's all that
2: matters keep it consistent and soak every second in as much as you can i mean you can't really do every second but i know it's a lot and you go from a to b to c and you can be happy that you're not touring like life could, you, you could be traveling a lot more right now and really have no ability to enjoy any of this like you know you wouldn't be home for him to deface your your pool with a. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. um, quickly I I heard you mention somewhere else that you think the pandemic helped mood take off like it did
0: yeah I think um what because of because of the pandemic it's like it, it cleared a lot of space like when I was back in SF right on the freeways they're normally crowded but everyone's at the house yo and I feel like I'm that lone car on the freeway. That's like I don't give a f- what else is going on in the world. I got to get to where I got to get to. And when there's less traffic in the way, you get to your spot faster, you know. And I'm, I, me and my friends, we've been working diligently through this whole whole process. And and a song like "Mood" that is fun and inviting and inspiring. I think it made people have a sense of of normalcy. But but the lyrical content is all also like, why are you always in a mood like. There's so many reasons to be in a mood right now. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that, that are saying that and that needed to be said. Like, yo,
2: why are you always in a mood? Because there's a lot of going on. It's true. 24K Golden. Thanks for the energy, my friend. I really appreciate you. Yeah, that was fun. Yo, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your energy, dude. i uh, big fan. And yeah, thank you for this. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.